0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC.
2: So let's
1: rock! It.
3: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there, the Delphi Judge. Fran Gold issued a temporary gag order today this kind of happened after the statement from richard allen's attorneys richard allen uh accused of murdering abby and libby uh murder charges for richard allen um his attorneys put out this statement talking about how the you know the actions of the police the prosecution and claiming their client's innocence their client is confused Uh, the the prosecution keeps talking about another person that may or may not have been involved, but it wasn't in the sealed affidavit that they, that the judge unsealed and released. Um, So there is a guess. So like if we were to have superintendent Doug Carter on today, we couldn't say anything about it. You couldn't answer any questions. Sorry, I'm under gag order. I can't answer anything about that. And you notice, and it's something that I believe Chris Davis pointed out a day after Doug Carter came on this program is when the prosecution in this case asked for the gag order. I don't know if those two are related or not. You know what I mean? Right. But it is awfully uh, coincidental.
4: And listen, the defense team, they've got some legitimate concerns here with Richard Allen. They're wondering, where's this search warrant that you use to go into our client's home to try to match up the shell to the firearm, right? Because in that affidavit that was released earlier this week... The big takeaway was that there was a round, an unfired round that was found between the bodies that ballistics testing shows, traces back to a firearm that's owned by Richard Allen. That firearm was in his home. The defense team is saying, now, wait a minute. So far, my client has had to basically beg to get public attorneys given to him. He was rushed through his first uh, appearance in court. Mm And
2: yeah, you haven't yeah. shown
4: us any evidence that links our client to what happened that horrible day in Delphi. The the bullets not evidence. They're claiming that that could have been you know dropped by Alan if he walks this trail a lot. Somebody could have taken that and maybe framed it. Can they definitively prove that that? F- shell that round was fired or I'm sorry it was placed there by Richard Allen. Yeah, we don't know the cause of death still for right. the, uh, the the two girls.
3: Um which, you know, just because there's a a bullet that was found doesn't mean that it was the cause of death.
4: Correct. And I think a big question and you're going to hear more and more about this is the defense team of Richard Allen, they're going to say when you searched his home what information did you have that led to the search? And show us the search warrant. Show us what was in that, and then you know we can have a conversation. Because right now, all of the media coverage is pretty one-sided. Now, listen, you and I are not certainly trying to carry the water for Richard Allen. That's no, not what no. we're doing here. But we're trying to explain what the defense team is thinking and why they're requesting a gag order. They hear the superintendent Doug Carter coming on our show. They hear all of this chatter going on from the prosecution team about how maybe somebody else is involved. Maybe this, maybe that. They want all of that to stop and they want a legitimate fair trial. Now, can they get that within 150 miles that's the question. Well, they want to change a venue, Right. for sure. They they want one, and
3: Guy Relford and I were talking about that this week when you were out, and he, he seems to think that they're probably going to get it. And uh, you know, guy's a trial attorney, he uh, deals in the Second Amendment, but he says they're probably going to get it. And, and the people of Delphi feel like this is, you know, they've all been affected by this too. I'm not I'm, I'm probably on a different level than the victims' families, of course, but they're all they all feel like this community is a part of this, and to find out that this guy's been walking amongst them. For the past five years, um, it doesn't doesn't take a, a legal genius to figure out that there might be some prejudice involved here in the jury. So to get a fair trial, um, I, I don't know that I have a big problem with moving the trial somewhere just to make sure everything's on the up and up right? and to find justice for these girls.
4: I reached out to a couple of different defense attorneys. They wish to remain nameless because they don't want their name associated with this trial. Or let's be honest, maybe they just don't like us. That's okay too. That's probably it. (laughs) But they told me that there is some legitimate concern about this trial. And the prosecution and the defense, when you look at all the information that's been presented from the affidavit to what they're doing to Richard Allen, th- multiple defense attorneys told me that the defense team has got a ball game here. And that's all they would say. Mm. So there's a lot going on here. Uh, the next date to keep in mind is January 13th. That's when the judge is going to have the opportunity to make that gag order permanent. Or release it They've got a scheduled hearing for January 13th And then
3: uh, later on I believe in February They're going to figure out if they're going to give this guy bail or not Right A more reasonable bail
4: And another name that has been associated with this trial Even though he's never been charged Making that perfectly clear Is Kagan Klein Is Kagan Klein going to be somebody That has any sort of information In regards to This murder At all So all of that is coming up here in the next couple of weeks and months. We're just getting started here, but I think we've got a ball game legally, and this is going to be fun to watch. Uh, The jobs report came out earlier today, Nige. You heard the report at the top of the hour. Uh, Kind of a mixed bag. So the big headline, if you read nothing but the headline, you're going to think this is great. America added 263,000 jobs last month. That beat expectations. And 3.7 unemployment rate, hourly wages jumped up 0.6%. Okay, great. But when you really dive into this report, when you look at the nuts and bolts of what this really means, the labor force participation rate fell to 62.1%. Wages rose, but hours worked fell. People aren't going to work.
3: Yeah, you keep an eye on that labor participation rate number. It should be what it was pre-pandemic by now, and it's not. It's it's stagnant. In fact, I mean, it's a few points below. It's a point or two below what it was February of 2020, so we're still creating jobs. I don't think it's crazy to say that the workforce might be artificially low. Same thing happened in the collapse uh, after the collapse in 2008. 2009, there was a big recovery, but it didn't fully correct itself for years and years and years. A good guy to listen to, by the way, was that uh, you heard Tony Cad's interview him earlier today, The
4: Economist. Uh, that he had on the Dr. Dr.
3: Will, yeah, very, very good. And he had a, a really unique perspective on, on what all this means.
4: The market didn't like the jobs report either. No. Uh, despite CNN and MSNBC throwing a parade for the amount of jobs added, the uh, s- market took a tumble. Uh, the stock futures took a big hit. This was the way they covered it on CNBC.
2: Finally, the labor force participation rate moving in the wrong direction. This is not good. 62.1, 62.1. Uh, that equals uh, the low mark, which was in July also at 62.1 on a recent basis. If you go back in the last year, we had 61.6, 61.4 actually in January of 2020. So when you look at it in the context of 2022, it's a big disappointment.
4: So let me put this in my world here, Nige. This is how I would do this in a sports betting tense. Let's say you're a Colts fan, and you didn't expect the Colts to beat the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night, but they actually played pretty well, but they still got beat. They covered the spread. That's the way I view this jobs report today. You see the big number, 263,000 jobs added, beating expectations. That's great. But people still aren't going to work. The participation rate is so important when you're looking at this. It's often overlooked by the headlines of a lot of these news networks. That's how you tell if you've got a good economy or not.
2: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC.
3: Yeah, Nigel here, Jason Hammer over there, and to my left, Matt Bear from the WIBC Traffic Center. What is up, fellas? How you doing, man? Fridays with Matt, my favorite segment of the week, besides <laughs> Beer Sample Friday. Am
4: I the only one in this room that, when I hear "Under Pressure," come on, I'm a little upset that it's not Ice Ice Baby.
3: <laughs> I couldn't. I didn't know. At the very beginning, I thought it was Ice Ice Baby. Right. Yeah. It is
4: like, oh, Vanilla Ice. All right, let's go. <laughs> the and then I is hear. Slightly. Different at the beginning, so you know it's not. <laughs> um, so, there's a movie coming out called Cocaine Bear. And god thank you, God. <laughs> I gotta feel like you have to be involved in that in some possible way, Matt
2: Bear. About 100 people have sent me the trailer to this uh, movie, which it looks amazing <laughs> it, and it's it a looks, true story.
3: It, it, it looks hilarious about a, a giant grizzly bear that ingests a bunch of cocaine that was thrown out by traffickers uh, in like some sort of airplane. Right. And so he got into so the bear gets into it I and mean, it looks so funny.
2: When I first saw it I was like bear. I, I was getting a Sharknado vibe when I first heard about it. Right. But then yeah. I watched the trailer and I'm like this is legit. Much better. This looks looks better. is
4: Elizabeth good movie. Banks I think is the director of this and it's based off of a true story. You're right these drug traffickers they ditched their supply so they could try to you know escape and not have any narcotics on them and this bear found all the coke and ingested it and for a couple of hours it was the most lethal dangerous animal on the planet
2: it, it was a bear full of cocaine you know? right? <laughs> and, and that's what you had i i i'm excited about the movie i think it comes out in february and, and i will pay taylor swift prices <laughs> to go see this movie i really will i'm that excited about it but at to say i i know it's not going to be this week maybe next week you are going to start hearing from the animal rights activist. Oh, it's not fair to the bear that it ingested cocaine. It's not yeah. funny. It's not fun. We shouldn't be watching this movie. You shouldn't go see it. And there's going to be some huge guilt trip put on us for watching the bear full of cocaine.
3: Have, have you seen the uh, trailer for the new Indiana Jones? No. Uh, the new Indiana Jones uh, Dial of Destiny or something like that. The Dial of Destiny. I, I've got to tell you something. <laughs> you, Hammer and I watched it uh, in the studio yesterday. I, I think I might be in. I'm in. Yeah, the new Indiana Jones. It, it lo- kind of gets looks, you in the feels a little bit. It looks good. Now uh, Spielberg didn't direct it. George Lucas didn't write it. Spielberg, I think, has got an executive producer credit. Uh, the guy that's director, uh, and I think the writer is the guy that did Logan, Michael Bay, and, and Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> no, that'd, that'd be a big, that'd be a big. The game, big rolling boulder would explode, and then Indiana Jones would be running out <laughs> away from it if it were Michael Bay. You ever had to break, break up with anybody before the holidays?
2: Yes, I have. Um, I've I've had several breakups over the. The holidays oh, the, the, no. the most recent one was about four or five years ago and um it, it was a little bit alcohol induced it was on new year's eve and, and all we did all we did was fight and whatever else goes with that um, sure um and uh a little fnf F. You know, <laughs> a little fnf F it was and, and oh that come was, on yeah, guys yeah, that was come much, on that was pretty much the whole relationship friends and fight and um what happened was on new year's eve it, we it was a very contentious relationship and i said that's it i'm done I was fully expecting her to get back together with me the next day when everybody sobered up well it wasn't an hour after i broke up and she had a picture on facebook of her and two other guys
4: <laughs> oh and i'm like okay. not one but two, yeah, two uh, other but here's guys. the thing is, is okay.
3: you should have done it on christmas eve instead of new year's Eve. you could have saved uh, the purchase of a, a
2: christmas <laughs> gift <laughs> right. right i know right? and for the next few months i'm like she's gonna get back together with me she's gonna get no never did you, you don't break up with somebody on new year's eve and then they come running back to you you know especially when they have friends. Right. Other friends. Understood. Yeah. But the
4: fact of the matter is, every year, people remain in relationships over the holidays for yes. convenience and waste a lot of money on gifts. Yeah. But now, thanks to the Hammer and Nigel show, there's a way to buy just one and get it over with.
2: This holiday, before things get too busy, and before money is spent on expensive gifts, break things off with her now <laughs> by getting her the Broken Heart Necklace. Oh, how sweet. Wait, is this a broken heart necklace? Are you breaking up with me? Are you breaking up with me? The broken heart necklace. Oh, you're so stupid. I should be breaking up with you. You're an idiot. It says so much, so you don't have to. You loser. But she'll have plenty to say about the Broken Heart Necklace. Here's your stupid necklace. Nothing says we're done like the Broken Heart Necklace. Yes. You didn't break my heart, moron. Get yours today from Nip It in the Bud Jewelers. <laughs> see, that's yeah. the perfect gift, Matt. It is, that's what I should have
4: Again, let's go back to the movie Cocaine Bear because I got the promotional wheels turning in my head here. <laughs> there has to be a way we can do a contest, win a dream date with Matt Bear to go see Cocaine Bear. <laughs> oh
2: i <I'd> love that <laughs> that would be so much fun and, and you know no cocaine involved in the dinner. no That's what you'll have be. a yeah. pre-movie dinner at
4: the sugar factory get it sugar, sugar candy C- cane Shug- oh, right. oh see
2: some booger sugar
4: right there's no off switch on this genius oh, panel
2: well, now i see where you're going with this. or we could go to the zoo and see all the bears are there bears at the zoo I think there are bears at the zoo. We can do that too. I mean, we can make a whole day of it, you know. Win a
4: dream date with Matt Bear (laughs) to go see Cocaine Bear. (laughs) Are you a James Cameron guy? Like, did you enjoy Avatar? No, I did not. I'm one of the few
2: people. I'm one of the few people who did not did not enjoy Avatar in in the slightest amount. I I just and I like sci-fi. I really do. I love the Star Wars. Star Trek's all right with some people, but I I I hated Avatar. I really.
4: James Cameron says testosterone is a toxin men must terminate from their systems he did an interview and said a problem that we have in society is men having testosterone it's a toxin (laughs)
3: Says the guy with no testosterone, right. probably. Which,
4: listen, maybe he needs to go to the Low-T Center. <laughs> right. He's got a couple different yeah. convenient locations. It's less yeah. than 100 bucks cash pay, <laughs> or it's covered by most health insurance. James Cameron, tell them Hammer and Nigel sent you. <laughs> Matt, I know you're a South Park guy. Yeah. Did you ever remember the, the South Park episode where they were making fun of how James Cameron always refers to himself in third person? Right.
2: James Cameron doesn't do what James Cameron does for James Cameron. James <laughs>
4: Cameron.
1: <laughs> James Cameron does what James Cameron does because James Cameron is James Cameron.
2: James Cameron. James Cameron. <laughs> of the sea,
5: with a dying thirst to be the first, could it be a Tim James Cameron.
2: Yeah, that, that's what, that episode got me through so many nights. That was such a great episode.
4: We're taking submissions now. Win a dream date with Matt Bear to go see Cocaine Bear. Reach out to us at the Hammer and Nigel Show. Matt, you're the best. Thank you. Let's Thank
2: you, fellas. Take care. Hammer and Nigel show on 93 WIBC.
3: Yeah, Hammer. Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb uh, hospitalized with pneumonia. Went to the uh, doctor, thought he had the flu. Uh, turns he was out. He's diagnosed with pneumonia. Overabundance of caution. He's responding well to treatment. Best of luck to the governor. I uh, hope he recovers. Have you ever had pneumonia? I have that not. That is not something I want. I've been so sick I couldn't get out of bed. Maybe it was pneumonia, maybe it wasn't. But I knew a couple of people over the past couple of years that are my age that came down with like the COVID pneumonia. Um, these were people that were not vaccinated, by the way, but they were my age and they didn't, um, they, they, they could barely breathe. And so they had to be admitted to the hospital. They were in there for like five days. And so the, the sickness developed into pneumonia and uh, I mean, it t- took them out. Everybody was okay. And I know that that's somehow some people, um, you know, don't recover quickly from this. It could last for months in terms of a recovery. So, uh, yeah, uh, hope uh, hope for hoping for a full recovery for the governor.
4: According to a new poll from the Marquette Law School at Marquette University, most registered voters would rather see Ron DeSantis as the GOP nominee over Donald Trump Mm. in 2024. Uh, The new poll also found that the majority of Democrats do not think that President Applesauce brains should seek re-election.
3: Whoa. That's what this I mean, this is a pretty big poll. It said what Democrats, majority of Democrats don't think President Biden should seek re-election.
4: Correct. Interesting. I don't think that's a big surprise. I don't think anybody is wanting him to run that wants to win as a Democrat, are they? Um,
3: it's certainly not uh, Hakeem Jeffries. No, no, <laughs> he he's ready to meet
4: to him right now. Yeah,
3: I had this story about how he said uh, Biden's accusers should be heard and they need to talk to her. Um, and I don't know, like you he heard Newt Gingrich today of all people say, "Hey, don't underestimate Joe Biden. He's winning. Biden is winning. Jobs, 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 jobs report, even though it's not quite what it appears to be, as we we discussed." Um, so. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if if Biden was the nominee in 2024, but if it's, if it's Trump v. Biden, I'm not sure that Trump can win, right? It's going to be a lot of hate voting again.
4: This poll also claims that the hypothetical matchup between DeSantis and Biden is split at 42% each. Yeah. Okay. So take that for what you will. Polls are polls. They're wrong sometimes. They're right sometimes. You can do whatever you want with the information. Um, Speaking of elections, James, can I get a little mood music, please? Oh. We have got action this Tuesday, Nige. Just a few days away from the Georgia runoff election. And polls in the Peach State showing that Raphael Warnock, leading Herschel Walker, but it's close. Now, the Democrats know that if they get a two seat advantage in the Senate, they can do a lot of things that they couldn't do before. Because even if it comes down to a tie, because if Manchin and Sinema say, yeah, we're not going to do your radical, ridiculous crap. If it comes down to a tie with that two seat advantage, then it goes to Kamala. They can get a lot more accomplished.
3: Let me guess. Warnock brought in the big guns to come stump
4: for him. Biden Biden's down in Georgia, right? Stumping for Warnock? Not quite. No? Somebody asked Joe Biden if he was going to Georgia to stump for Warnock, and he thought they said Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> um, That's true. That's a true story. I saw that. They sent Barack Obama <laughs> oh, down. Oh, of course. Now, take a listen to this. I'm not sure what to make of this. Is Barack Obama just making a generalization that you know everybody's got a crazy guy named Joe in their family? Or was this a subtle shot at Biden?
6: We all know some folks in our lives
7: who we don't wish them ill will. They say crazy stuff. We're all like, "Well, you know, Uncle Joe, you know what happened to him.
3: <laughs> you
8: know,
2: it's okay. It, he, they're part of the family, but you don't give them serious responsibilities."
8: Oh, Uncle
4: Joe, you don't give him serious responsibilities, dude.
3: Okay, that was on purpose. Guys like Obama don't make that kind of mistake. He's been doing this his whole life. He's a calculated he knows, dude, right? That was a that was a, a subtle jab at Joe Biden. Even though people will say, "Oh no, he was just you know talking in, in generalities." It was just using you know a generic term for a crazy old old uncle, hey, old Uncle Joe. Right? Come on, <laughs> I'm not buying that at all. That was on purpose.
4: Uh, speaking of Joe, Joe Biden. His his plan to drill in Venezuela has raised a few eyebrows. Louisiana Senator John Kennedy, he's on the Senate Budget Committee. I love Kennedy. He's got thoughts on the drilling in Venezuela, not in the United
6: States. I used to have a uh, I used to have a, a a beagle named Roger, and Roger was a rascal. About every two weeks, Roger would run off. He'd always come back. But about half the time, he'd come back dragging a uh, roadkill that he would hide under my back porch. Uh, President Biden's energy policy looks like something Roger used to keep under my back porch.
4: <laughs> Senator John Kennedy, a national treasure.
3: Not one of his better analogies.
4: Oh, you want better ones? Yeah.
6: Let's do great moments in Senator Kennedy history. It's very easy to tell a boy from a girl. A boy has a penis, a girl has a vagina. (laughs) Does that work for you guys? That's a better clip. Does that work for you? (laughs) Here is uh, John
4: Kennedy of the Senate Budget Committee talking about the economy in a very sophisticated way.
6: And we've had a lot of people retire, and we had a lot of people who refused to go back to work, and they're now riding in the wagon, and everybody else has got to pull the wagon, and the bottom line is the economy sucks.
4: (laughs) (laughs) A very technical term. Sucks. Yeah. Yes. Uh, during a confirmation hearing on one of Biden's budget office nominees, uh, it was this chick named Neera Tandon who deleted a bunch of tweets. Ladies and gentlemen, Senator John Kennedy.
6: I, I have to tell you, I'm very disturbed about your personal comments about people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just one or two. I think you deleted about a thousand tweets and it wasn't just about Republicans. And I don't mind disagreements in policy. I think that's great. I love the dialectic. But the comments were personal. Mm -hmm. You call Senator Sanders everything but an ignorant slut.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Ignorant slut coming from a uh, sitting U.S. senator. And this is Senator Kennedy on those who want to defund the police.
6: Uh, If you hate cops just because they're cops... Then the next time you get in trouble, call a (laughs) crackhead.
4: Which, again, got us thinking about some of the previous hits we've had from Hammer and Nigel Records. Hey, I
6: just made it. This is crazy, but here's my number. Call a (laughs) crackhead.
4: We got time for one more? (laughs) Sure. One more hit. This is a little big and rich.
6: Everybody says, Save a horse. Call a (laughs) crackhead.
4: Great moments <laughs> in Senator Kennedy history. Coming up next, Joey Chestnut is in town to eat some shrimp, and it's an annual tradition. We will embarrass ourselves to try to compete against Joey. That's, that's next.
3: It. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC.
2: Wow, that's really loud. <laughs>
3: Jo, Jason Hammer right over there with a pair of special guests in studio.
4: So greatness has made its way to our studio. We've got Sam Barclay. He is the uh, director of operations at Major League Eating. And, of course, the franchise, Joey Chestnut, one of the baddest men on the planet. When he's not winning food championships, he's roughing up punks that are trying to storm his stage. (laughs) Gentlemen, it is a pleasure to have you in studio.
3: Oh, great to be back here. Thank you. Thank you. You Joey, the last time I saw you was, um, and I made a big mistake. The last time i saw joey is when it was the popcorn eating uh record breaker at the indians game right yeah and i and i and it looked like i was looking at my wife and i was looking at my kids i go oh man i don't know if he's gonna do it or not <laughs> and i actually kind of for a split second doubted joey chesnut and then he broke the record again well i got and it done I, I mean that that looked impossible it
5: was i had to i had to hustle that entire time yeah, yeah There was no slowing down and uh yeah it was a lot of kernels were like Digging into my gums. <laughs>
3: oh, <laughs> I mean, you were kind enough to take a picture with my daughter afterwards. That was very nice of oh you. He really was just was so nice. It, it was so sweaty, and he was just so. He was, is that is popcorn harder than hot dogs?
5: It was, it was, it's definitely different. See, it's but more, you broke the more record. painful, and uh, I broke Matt Stoney's record. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was intense.
4: Now, where does the St. Elmo's shrimp rate on the list of accomplishments? Because the big championships tomorrow for the Big Ten championship game, and there's always the shrimp eating championship. And if you've never had the shrimp from St. Elmo's, it's got a little kick to it. It's oh, got a little fire to it. It's world renowned for that. Like, and you have to eat this stuff on top of it too. It's not like you're eating the shrimp plain. You have to get the hot sauce with it. Where does this rank on difficult accomplishment? It's
5: difficult. Uh, yeah, it's a food you don't you don't get hot uh, the cocktail sauce like this very often. This is it's a special sauce. It's a, the the Saint Elmo's cocktail sauce. It's 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 ridiculous. I remember the first time I tried it, I, I thought it was a joke, and I uh, <laughs> no, it was really it's it's really intense, and it took a long oh, time yeah. to to build a tolerance for it. Like and my numbers have gone up. My first time I did six pounds, then I did eleven, and then it Oof. kept going up, and I think my record's like eighteen pounds.
4: Eighteen pounds of shrimp cocktail from Saint Elmo's. That's amazing. Do you do the tail too? Do you do you
3: oh, do they the take the tails thing? off for us? Okay, yeah, all right.
4: They think Uh, the tail's out, and it's just all systems go. Now, Sam, take me through
1: what's going to happen tomorrow. Is this event still taking place out on Georgia Street? Yeah, absolutely. On Georgia Street, 3 p.m. kickoff for the world-famous St. Elmo Shrimp Cocktail Eating Championship of the World at the Big Ten Tailgate Party, presented by Maya. The best eaters in the world, Joey Chestnut, Unbeaten at the event uh, Eight time champion of the event Going for nine straight in this discipline On Georgia Street tomorrow 3pm But he does not eat alone He's going up against his nemesis The great Jeff Esper Ranked number two in the world Out of Oxford, Massachusetts A man who ate 83 slices of pizza in 10 minutes Mickey I'm S- sorry, how many? Eight, eight. That is not <laughs> oh, a typo <laughs> 83 slices of pizza in 10 minutes The great Mickey Sudo The number one ranked female eater in the world A woman who has eaten 48 and a half Nathan's famous hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes 16 and a half pints of ice cream in 8 Minutes, also here in Indianapolis. She is Indianapolis compliant when it comes to teeth and stomach. Um, <laughs> and her uh, husband-to-be, the great Nick Wary, is uh, coming into town as well. So an all-star cast. Eaters ranked 1, 2, 3, and 4 in the world, 3 p.m. on Georgia Street.
3: By the way, uh, Joey Chestnut's the best in the world at what he does, but Sam is definitely the best in the world at what you do.
1: I will seen. take Umbridge. I will take Umbridge because you say that Joey Chestnut is the best in the world and yet when he was eating popcorn here in Indianapolis, you doubt You did I doubt know. him.
3: For a split second, I did because it was coming down to the why Joey? You know it, as it was close. As I, did. I was close. I
1: thought, oh no. <laughs> to doubt, and then I know you're right. To doubt Joey Chestnut is to doubt America herself, and you are on <laughs> notice. You got me. When you're looking at
4: the rankings, like a March Madness style <laughs> ranking of hype men, it's Sam. It's a list of like 10 blank names, and then Flavor Flav, and that's it. Oh, no, no. That's it. Those are the greatest hype men in the game right now.
3: Before we do the uh, strip eighty contests, me and Hammer and Joey, um, before we do our little mini one, we're getting ready for uh, your uh, thing tomorrow. Um, have you ever done this with beer? Do you have oh any chugging contest at all? I've done some chugging in my days. But, I mean, recreationally or professionally?
5: One, one time I was on stage for, like, a New Year's party, and uh, they put out 12 pints of beer, and I, I did it in 17 seconds. No, no, no. no. <laughs> 70 seconds. But Still? They, 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 were, they were going down like
3: magic.
1: <laughs> Only 70 seconds. Yeah. How many pints?
3: Uh, 12. Okay. Okay. Did you feel it immediately after that? No, it took a little bit. Yeah, but I, I,
5: the, the the initial burp right afterwards it was impressive, and then, and then burping I, rally then or I, something like, like that. Thirty minutes later, I was I was uh, feeling nice.
1: <laughs> what was the doing? duration on that burp? Is that uh, world championship level? <laughs> the, the,
5: oh, the, the burp. The, the how long went? was the burp? Oh, the burp was duration. Uh, it, it was. It, it, probably only five <laughs> seconds, but it, it but it had volume. It lot yeah, came sure. out fast. Force.
4: like when you have Thanksgiving dinner with your family, does everybody just watch you at the <laughs> table like they're waiting for you to put on a show? Or do you have to tell them, "Listen, I just want to have a meal with my family and not use two hands to shove it in my mouth." I'm
5: pretty good about not eating like a <laughs> madman uh, around family. But th- this last Thanksgiving, I was at a friend's house, so I, I made sure I ate. Last, I went to went to the uh, get the food last. And uh, I did, I, w- I was really careful.
4: Because I would feel like there's always pressure on me. Yeah, it's I like, know. all right, I'm going to give them what they want. Give me the gravy and just go with it. Just start downing it left and right. All right. So we've got the world oh, famous. Oh, this is so good. Shrimp cocktail from St. Elmo's. And oh, I don't have one. Oh, you don't have one.
5: Oh, I, I guess. Do I need one?
4: Do you only brought two? Is oh, the, wait, oh here, we, it we've, here it is. It's over
1: here. James has yes. got it. It's been gifted.
4: Here we go. I'm going to okay. pass this around here.
1: Did you know you're going to be doing this?
3: Did you know you're going to be doing this with this? I didn't this? know I was oh. going to be doing it. It's all right.
4: Do you know what to do There's it? really no challenge with it. us. I mean, let's be honest. All right. Three, all right. two,
1: one. Begin. Mm. It's burning my mouth. Less talking, more eating. I'm sorry. Mm. 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 Uh, mm. Perhaps to the surprise of no one in this studio or the world, Joey Chestnut oh. leading by a wide margin.
8: <laughs> I can't do
1: it. Oh, oh. Oh, Nigel might I, I throw up again. It. Oh, please let him choke. That'd be so good for this show if oh. he choked on the air. Let's not do that. He's done. Joey he's done.
5: Well, just because I'm done doesn't mean you guys can stop. <laughs> I, I just about puked,
3: Joey. I couldn't get, even get one in my mouth. Come on, just swallow it.
4: Is it bad that I really wanted you to be choking mm. and not puking? Because that would have been so good for our show. Imagine the press we would have got. Sam would have had to
3: give me the Heimlich. We do not use. talkie-talkie, more
1: eaty-eaty. <laughs> we do not use the C word in competitive eating. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You're right. Why am I no? Now the St. Elmo Mushroom Cocktail is world famous and is best enjoyed in a <sighs> recreational or civilian capacity. At a recreation that is second place. Did second you place finish it? You finished it all? I got second. Second place out of three. I got two. Some would say man. that's a celebration of mediocrity. And I, I peeked up. The- <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, feel,
3: I feel ashamed.
1: It's, for Joey, right. man. I'm sorry. It's okay.
3: Man. You tried. Mm,
1: not really. <laughs> My so when,
4: eyes are burning so bad.
1: Where can people come see you again? When's it going 3 p. M. on? 3 p.m. Georgia Street tomorrow for the world-famous St. Elmo Shrimp Cocktail Eating Championship at the Big Ten Tailgate Party, presented by Maya.
4: And listen, we got an Indiana team in this thing. Make some noise. Let these Michigan fans know that, listen, this is Indiana. They might win the football game, but we're going to win the party. Let's go. Gentlemen, thank you. Thanks, thank it's gonna be a great you. Great party. It's a Hammer and Nigel show.
2: Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos on 93
1: W.I.B.C. So
2: let's
3: rock Man, my name is Nigel and I am emasculated. I am dejected. I am ashamed. Uh, my performance in the... Uh Shrimp eating contest with you and Joey Chestnut was pathetic. I, I mean, at least you finished all your shrimp. I know we have a lot to get to, but I'm just, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm downtrodden.
4: My right sinuses now. feel great.
3: <laughs> I'm glad you
4: feel good. Boy, that's uh, that, so good though, man. So Joey
3: Chestnut's doing the, the the shrimp eating contest with a bunch of other uh, professional uh, competitive eaters on Georgia Street tomorrow before the Big Ten Championship. Three o'clock. And uh, I think he's eight-time winner. I think as long as they've been doing this, he's been winning it. He's the
4: undefeated, uh, undisputed shrimp-eating champion of the world. You're not as good as as Sam. Nobody is. (laughs) That (laughs) dude is
3: awesome. Is it Barclay? Yeah. Sam Barclay, is that his name? So they were in studio, and me and you and Joey did the standard uh, uh, St. Elmo's shrimp. We only had three or four of them. And the first one I put in my mouth, not only did I get a huge whiff of the sauce, but I started, like, gagging. It's just too much food in my mouth. Not because you don't like it. It was just. No, of course not. I love that stuff, but I usually cut it up. I use a fork, like you know, like, like, like a eating Sn- a Snickers bar. <laughs> yeah. What
2: the hell, yeah. dude?
3: Yeah. So, and so I had to spit it out. I had to spit it up in the garbage can right in front of Joey. Oh, oh man, I'm I sorry. ate every bit you of it. I finished just... it, but you, you, he, he, those things slid down his throat like butter. He was done in ten seconds. I didn't even think he knew he was doing it. By the way, it didn't even look like he was aware that he was doing a contest on the air with us. It right. Was like, All right, I'll do it. Yeah. And, and, and you finish yours, but at a pace, a mite slower. Right.
4: <laughs> I'm Joey. a guy that has to chew up aspirin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, of course, I had to chew up the shrimp. But Ugh. by the time I got done with two, and I think there were like four in our container. Yeah, he was... He was, he was done. done. He's long done. He was like looking at us, like, when are you going to finish? And then I looked over and I didn't know if you were choking to death or what. And part of me, first thing I thought of was, this is going to be so good for the show. <laughs> Sam was going to be giving me the Heimlich. Right and then sam barclay is gonna have to do the play-by-play of us standing over you wondering if you're dead or not so again if you uh are available tomorrow oh, get down to georgia street oh, yeah. uh the saint elmo's shrimp eating contest the best competitive eaters in the world it's free to watch and joey chestnut right here uh hoosier now Yeah, he's one know? of us
3: he's i mean he's originally from the west coast but
4: he lives uh, in indy now So Elon Musk has suspended Kanye West's Twitter account. Uh, Yay as he's known as now, uh, shared this bizarre image that he created of a Star of David mixed with a swastika. And of course, that got removed. Uh, He had 32.2 million followers before his suspension. And if you look at the feed from Elon Musk, Nige, it's almost like... He's a dad talking to one of his kids. You know, I didn't want to have to do this, but it's for your own good, basically. (laughs) That's kind of the lesson and the feel that I've got from Elon Musk here, suspending the account of Kanye West.
3: I had a thought about, so I think Kanye West is done. I don't think there's any coming back from this. Um, and I think he needs help. I think there's some mental issues going on, obviously, bipolar, whatever. Uh, I think maybe he's got some bad people. He's surrounded himself with some bad people that encourage
4: this kind of behavior.
3: Leeches. Or they don't encourage him, but maybe he's hurting. Maybe he's in a medical, and they don't, They're like a bunch of yes men. They're right. Like, he can do no wrong.
4: Right. All they do is
3: leech off his fame and money. So, So, so some pretty hardcore anti-Semitic stuff. From him, but you look at a guy like Mel Gibson and what he's on record is saying back in the day. Albeit, uh, I, I don't think he was—I uh, think he was like on camera saying it. I don't think he was out there doing talk shows or anything. He was drunk and he's in a really bad way. But he's on record as saying some horrific things about uh, Jewish people and uh, minorities and African Americans and, and yelling it as you know. Those voicemails are awful. And he's he's back, in, he was up for uh, plenty of awards over the past couple of years making movies. You know, so I mean, I realize the platform's a little different between Mel Gibson and Kanye West. Uh, Mel Gibson's wasn't um, like he wasn't going on talk shows, right? And saying the things he was saying. And social
4: media wasn't around when Mel Gibson. <clears throat> and had I'm not his saying it's any better, but, no.
3: but I'm not saying it's any better. But I'm saying maybe uh, I, th- there's a path back. It seems like.
4: The internet is forever. Yeah. though. Like a lot of these guys that have made mistakes. Is, but is there a path back for Kanye is the big question. No. And that's what you I'm saying. I don't think so. I don't think so. There was I for think Mel Gibson, but it. not for Kanye. There are Pre-A. no tweets you can look up from Mel Gibson that say what he said. You could find the screenshots of Kanye. You could find videos of him out-crazying Alex Jones. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think Kanye's done. Uh, The border report is in for November, and over 73,000 illegal immigrants crossed the border and escaped into the United States. Those are called gotaways. 73,000 gotaways is the record, the highest number ever recorded for a single month. God almighty. Uh, 73,000. jaw's
3: on the floor. Because, I mean, over, what has it been, six, eight 800,000 since Joe Biden's been president? Those are gotaways. These are people that have, have kind of registered with ICE and are released into
4: the country and have a court date. These are people that we don't know who they are or where they're at. Listen to these numbers here. This goes into a little bit more detail. The number of gotaways for November, the 73,000, means that for the fiscal year this year, which began in October for the border, 137,000 gotaways. In fiscal year 22, 600,000 gotaways. These are people that have ran across, maybe they're good people, but maybe they're not. We have no idea who they are. Are they folks looking to just make a living in the United States? Or are they terrorists? Are they wanting to sell your children rainbow fentanyl? No idea, and we have no idea where these people are at. That's a big, big number. And I think it's funny
3: when you watch Corrine Jean-Pierre, or as you refer to her, <laughs> yeah, French French lady, when she's asked, I think it was Peter Ducey or somebody asked her, has has Joe Biden been to the border? Which he hasn't. He's not been to the border. No. And she looks you square in the face. She looks these people square in the face, and they don't press back, and she says, he's been to the border. Come on. Well, no, he hasn't. No no he hasn't it's 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 scary watching those press conferences where she just looks at you and lies straight to your face and then shrugs her shoulders like you're the idiot
4: and that's kind of the whole administration now she has since been to europe but remember when kamala harris the border czar was asked are you going to go to the border have you been to the border Well, no, but I haven't been to Europe. (laughs) Well, good for you, sister. What the hell does that mean? Uh, James, let's play a round of Uh. Is It Racist? It's time to play Is It Racist? Now, for those who may be new to the Hammer and Nigel show, here to explain our game is AOC. Is it racist? Is something racist? Yes or no? (laughs) So in a viral TikTok video that has been viewed over 1.3 million times. A woman claims that if you're gonna be hanging out with black people and you want to invite a white person, you have to get their permission first.
5: Controversial opinion, but if you have a token white and you're hanging out with your friend group of color, you need to ask permission from everybody in the group to bring your white friend. Like don't just bring them. Ask for explicit permission from everyone. Because just because you're comfortable with them doesn't mean that everybody's comfortable with them. I might not be in the mood to deal with white shenanigans that day. That's that's all I'm saying. And another thing, it feeds into their ego. Like don't don't let them think they're a good white person. Don't don't give them that card to use against other people. Please don't do that.
3: You know, sometimes with these is it racist segments, it's there's some gray area involved and I don't really feel <laughs> comfortable saying one way or the other if something's racist or not. I'll raise my hand and be the first to step forward and say yes. Yeah, That's racist. Token white guys acting all white, acting with shenanigans. Uh, You got to ask everybody else if they're comfortable with having a having whitey around. Yeah, I would say that's incredibly racist.
4: Quote, don't let them think they are a good white person. (laughs) That's a quote from this lunatic that's 1.3 million people have watched. Unbelievable. By the way, White Shenanigans sounds like the name of a band. (laughs) Like, if you would have told me that, like, before they called themselves House of Pain, they called themselves White white Shenanigans, shenanigans, (laughs) I totally would have believed you.
3: What exactly entails white shenanigans? I don't know. Like, I I can't even begin to describe what that would look like. You know, given, I don't know, walking around giving
4: people wedgies. Like, if I dress up like in an. A lepre- leprechaun outfit and
2: walk out on Georgia <laughs> Street am I doing white shenanigans
0: whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you
3: Hammer and Nigel presents. Is
2: it depends upon what the meaning of the word is? Is this
8: anything? A
4: Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I will run some stories by you. You break down all of the information. You give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Is this anything? A carjacker who stole a vehicle with kids still inside was chased down by the father in the stolen van the carjacker was originally driving. The dad ended up rear-ending the carjacker, stopping the vehicle and saving the kids. Take a listen.
1: I see our taillights leaving. I'm jumping in this van, and I'm going after my kids. Raced and caught up to him. As soon as he, like, turned
4: sideways a little bit to get past the parked vehicle, I just hit the back of my truck and pushed him into this alleyway, trying to pin him against this fence.
6: I was not surprised at all. I was like, yep, that sounds like my husband.
3: Yeah, that's something. I mean, that's, it's a miracle. Nobody suffered any major injuries. I don't think the suspect was arrested, though. He's still, he's still on the lam, as they say. He's still on the loose. But this is what we were talking about with Guy Relford, I believe, last week if you're getting carjacked there's certain circumstances where like if you're walking out of the gas station and you see somebody hop in your car but your kids are in the car and you have a gun you have the uh the the right to you can shoot to kill shoot to kill now i'd be careful if there's kids in the car and you got to be pretty on the money but remember the remember the story of the carjacking at the gas station recently a guy got in the guy's car But the guy, the other guy was paying for gas inside. And so he's, so this, the, the, it wasn't a, I guess you can't call it a carjacker because nobody was in there. Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto pulls away and the guy comes running out of the gas station, opens fire and kills the guy who's charged with murder.
4: Right. Even though he was stealing his car, you can't shoot to kill if it's just vehicle theft.
3: But if there would have been children in the car, that's a
4: different story. Right. Then you could light him up like a Christmas tree. Um, is this anything? A Florida school is instating new harsh policies and punishments to curb bad behavior at a local school. Uh, To kick off the new rules, the sheriff made an announcement in front of the Brevard County Jail Complex. (laughs) Here is part of Sheriff Wayne Levy's bleeped speech.
6: Quite frankly, they're not worried about getting in trouble. They know nothing's going to happen to them. They know they're not going to be given after-school detention. They're not going to be suspended. They're not going to be expelled. Or like in the old day, they're not going to have the cheeks of their ass. Torn off. I'm <laughs> not doing right in class. So we have teachers that are handcuffed. We have principals that are handcuffed.
3: Okay. Yeah, that's something. I'm glad. And it wasn't clear. I'm reading the article here. It's not exactly clear what new policies or, you know, how or when they're going to take effect or what exactly you're going to do. But yeah, I'm, I'm for bringing it all back. Back when I was a kid, man. Paddles, uh, suspensions,
4: detentions. You're telling me kids can't even get suspended or detention anymore? That sucks. Now, here's my takeaway from this story. How do we get Sheriff Wayne Levy and Sheriff Grady Judd yes. to team up and fight crime like Batman and Robin? <laughs> yeah. Can we make that happen? Yeah. I would love that because they're both red-ass Florida sheriffs. Dude, Let's get those guys together. Dude,
3: when I was in uh, junior high, I got in trouble with a substitute teacher. And uh, when you got in trouble with a substitute teacher, your name gets written on the chalkboard so that your main teacher would come in the next day as my geography teacher when I was seventh or eighth grade. And he came back, looked at me, looked at my name, came back where I was sitting at my desk and pulled my hair. Like, shook me back and forth like this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, took the top of my hair. was like,
1: don't you dare disrespect a teacher. I was like...
3: Like, holy god almighty. <laughs> it's like probably the late eighties or it early nineties when I was in high. Sorry, behind. wrong kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was I was I was definitely uh I, I was definitely out of line the day before. I don't know that I deserved to get my hair yanked and pulled back and forth.
4: Had a sore neck for the next couple of days. There's a different time back it then. Sure was, and I say we get back to it. Is this anything? <laughs> Here's a uh, kindergartner admitting something very personal to her mom. Okay, take a listen. What'd you just tell me? Okay, so today I was at school all the time. I do tiny farts. That's quiet. <laughs> 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 okay. And and
3: today I did a big fart that was known. And I was and he said, "Audrina, was that you?" And I'm like, "No, it's someone
6: else." <laughs> And it was you? Yeah. Pusky. You blamed it on somebody else?
5: Yeah.
3: And <laughs> a girl. Let's there give her go. a round of applause. Atta That's the way you do it. You blame it on the dog, you blame it on the other kids. Uh the you know, the hey, I I other you know, mantra, I I'm under the um you know, the saying goes, Those the one who smelt it dealt it.
4: Yes. Okay? Smeller the feller. Right. Back in the day. Yes. So I think what we need right now to wrap all this up is great moments in breaking wind history.
7: (laughs) Here is Eric Swalwell on MSNBC. The president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election.
4: We did not edit that in. Fartwell. That was Fartwell doing his thing on MSNBC Live. And when Wendy Williams was doing her talk show... She had a burp chased with a fart.
7: And she's probably got five new boyfriends. We haven't caught anybody coming out of the house yet, but just a matter of time. She's not lonely. I apologize. I apologize.
4: Now, my favorite part of that. That's talent. Not necessarily the burp or the fart, the audible groan from the The crowd. Lonely. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
3: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. The attorneys for Richard Allen, the man charged in the Delphi murders. Uh, They've spoken out against the evidence in that probable cause affidavit that was unsealed and released Tuesday. Um, And there is a gag order now in place for this trial or for this uh, investigation. Moving forward, so we're not going to be able to hear from anybody. No questions from Superintendent Doug Carter, who we've had on the show from state police. He's kind of been the face and spokesman here um, as terms of the investigation. And I, I think at this point, probably that's best for everybody involved.
4: No press conferences of any kind as of right now moving forward. I mean, I, there's uh, The judge will rule on a permanent gag order in January.
3: right. I believe, and I, I think some of the, the victims' families are on record as saying, "Hey, we want everybody to shut up about this." Right, right. Just moving forward. I mean, I know there's a ton of questions. the The probable cause documents didn't exactly answer a lot of questions. They left more questions than answers. You have a bullet in between. The bodies of the victims traced back to a gun at Richard Allen's house, but there's questions about
4: that. It wasn't fired. It wasn't was fired. Yeah, we just traced to a we weapon. We
3: still don't know the cause
4: of death. I don't ever want to know the cause of death. I just want to make sure that these girls get justice. The yeah, uh, yeah. statement that was put out yesterday, it was a press release from the attorneys for the man charged in the murders, quote, he is innocent and completely confused as to why he's been charged with these crimes. And again, I had the opportunity to speak to a couple different defense attorneys around central Indy. They tell me we got a ball game here that the defense team there are enough questions to warrant uh some doubts about what's going on here. Why did they search his home? What evidence what search warrant did you have to go into Richard Allen's home? Why was it so late in the process that he was given court appointed attorneys?
3: But you gotta remember, like he came to the police as this happened and said, Hey, I was there that day. He put himself in that location. Um there's some discrepancies, a description of his vehicle, I think, with witnesses, but he does sort of maybe resemble the the composite sketch of of the suspect, the first one right anyway and 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 so the police never really did anything with that information and they they you know they kick the tires on this guy again um i think it was earlier this year and they wound up arresting him again you have a bullet or a casing or you know an unfired bullet placed in between the bodies of the victims traced back scientifically at least according to the prosecution, to a gun that Richard Allen owns. Again, without knowing the cause of death. I mean, the, you know, I, I think the defense attorneys you talk to, probably things I've seen, I mean, there's any number of excuses they could come up with as to why that, that bullet was
4: there. Right. In addition to that, there are some real procedural questions. Like, you don't want to call it a technicality, but the fact that he was not given representation until so late in this process and how everything has kind of been kept under the rug and the court of public opinion has just been running wild on their client, uh, there are some major questions going on. So moving forward, there's a gag order in place. Now, keep in mind, yesterday we had the folks on from Murder Sheet and Murder Sheet and I believe Fox 59 also reporting that some sort of clerical error led to a delay in Richard Allen actually being taken in as the suspect here. Now, the FBI in Indianapolis, they put out a statement saying, whoa, 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 Mm -hmm. it was not any of our uh, staff members. There are multiple agencies working here, but it was not any of our workers. So there's a lot of drama. I don't want to call it a mess, but... I don't know what other way to describe it. It's a bit of a mess right now, and the gag order might be the best thing for this trial. This new study out, Nige, about companies experimenting with a four-day work week. Hmm? Where are you at with this idea? A Boston College study had 30 companies based in the United States, Ireland, and Australia test out a four-day, 32-hour work week. Oh, so not, not four tens? No. Not for 10 hours? Four day, 32 hours (laughs) per week. And the test period found that 25 of those 30 companies said they planned to stick with that plan long term. Uh, The experiment was popular with workers as well. Employees rated the new schedule a 9.1 out of 10. They still get paid as much as, I mean, at the, I guess I'd be okay with it if I didn't wasn't docked eight hours of pay. And I don't know what the productivity was at work either. That's not been uh, reported from this Boston College study. Yeah. But if I these mean, companies, they, if 25 of them said, yeah, I like this, they probably wouldn't say that if productivity was bad.
3: And there's a lot of European countries that already do this. Four-day work weeks, um, work from home. Uh, boy, <laughs> it seems like most days on this floor in this building of our radio station, there's – there's less people around than there were during COVID. Right. <laughs> I like, know. Always here are just like a ghost town.
4: Like the only people I ever see are the people affiliated with this show, our executive producer, Matt Hiblin, and Todd Meyer, who hides out in his office all day because he doesn't want to do any work. Those are the only people that we see around here. Oh, that is some inside baseball. <laughs> a little right shot there. at Todd I'm right like, there. I like that. I like it. Um, here's another study for you. A new study has revealed that. McDonald's Ooh. is the most popular fast food restaurant in the state of Indiana. I can see that. There's plenty the, of them to go around. The study um, broke it down by price tracking experts analyzed all of these searches online, uh, people who have gone through the drive through people who have gone into the restaurant, sales, searches on social media. All of those things were factored in over the last 12 months, and Indiana, number one was McDonald's. Number two was Steak and Shake. Mm-hmm. And number three was Arby's. Wow.
3: I mean, M- McDonald's, clearly, there's one on every corner. There's one in Zionsville. It's the only fast food restaurant in Zionsville. So uh, sometimes on a, on a Saturday, I'll wake up and go get some bacon, egg, cheese biscuits for the kids, some hash browns, you know? A
8: breakfast?
7: Okay. Eh,
3: sure. Sure. So I could definitely see, I mean, they're everywhere. They are sp- spread out everywhere.
4: Now, if you're looking just on. Like Google searches, I can understand Steak and Shake because a lot of them have closed. Some of them have funky hours now. They used to be open all 24 hours. So I understand people looking up Steak and Shake, but Arby's coming in at number three. I like
3: it, one of my favorites. Above, like Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A,
4: you know, KFC, yeah. Taco Bell, all those types of places. How about Arby's coming in at yeah, number
3: three? Cl- one of the most more expensive fast food places as well.
4: Right. It's just roast beef. <laughs> By yeah. the way, now in yeah. the stores, if you're a fast food aficionado like we are on this show, they are now selling the Arby's sauce and the Horsey sauce at the grocery store. Ooh, okay. All right. I go. I, I do a little mix. I like to mix them both. I do, too. I get a beef and cheddar, get a little bit of both on there. I do
3: the Arby's Classic. I don't do the beef and cheddar, but uh, definitely a mix of the the horseradish and Arby's
4: sauce for sure. There's a lot of McDonald's haters, man. Like, a lot of people, oh, McDonald's, it's so gross, it's so gross, whatever. I'm telling you, sometimes some chicken McNuggets just hit the spot. Big
3: Mac, are you kidding
4: me? Big Mac just hits the spot. I have had one of those forever. So, I decided to uh, use our record label, Hammer and Nigel Records. Okay. I've got it at my leisure here. And I decided to put a little song together oh. about McDonald's. <laughs> now, I have the okay. background vocals of the previously mentioned Matt Hiblin helping me out here. Oh, really? I think you'll enjoy this. When I put this together, I was listening to a lot of Bon Jovi. I'm a fat boy in the Mickey D's drive-thru line, and I'm hungry. HUNGRY! <laughs> Big Mac and fries Oh, here we go.
2: Come oh, on. Oh,
4: and I buy these meats. I've got McNuggets in my sack. Yeah. I bought McRibs in case they don't bring them back. I've been everywhere. Yeah! And they've got the best Coke. I've seen a million shake machines, and they've all been broke. Because I'm a fat boy in the Mickey D's drive-thru line. And I'm hungry, hungry, big Mac and fries, big finish, Hungry.
2: hungry,
4: big Mac and fries.
2: There it is. See, they got the Big Mac. I got the Big Mick. <laughs>
4: big Mac and fries from Hammer and Nigel Records. Oh, wow.
3: That was Matt, uh, Matt Hibblin backing up uh, the Richie Sam, playing the role of Richie Sambora.
4: They look just the same,
3: actually. I was wondering what you guys were doing in there earlier. There's a big ruckus going out, coming out of one of the studios here. That was fantastic. Bravo. It's
4: the Hammer and Nigel Show.
6: This is bad, bad
3: that's a joke, right? You're, you're joking? The Hammer and Nigel Show. 93 yeah, Coach Dan Dock, it's coming up at uh, 5.30. We'll get his thoughts on that debacle that was the uh, Colts Monday night football game. Now, the Colts are uh, Sunday night. More primetime for the Colts this weekend, right?
4: Yes. And it's, on uh, behalf of everybody across America, <laughs> we're sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> I
3: was actually... Wait, I, didn't mind. My wife had scheduled uh tickets to the Christmas train, Sullivan's Hardware, that he does over there, and um right in the heat, right in the heart of Sunday afternoon football. I thought, man, I was gonna have to miss the Colts game. But how oh, well, I've been doing too hot anyway. Now you're telling me I'm still gonna be forced to watch it at eight o'clock now. So I'm not. Who gonna are miss you anything. kidding? You're
4: not gonna be awake at eight <laughs> twenty on a Sunday night. Hey,
3: Monday, I was. Come on, you gotta be proud of me for Monday. You right? were a trooper. by, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I did put a lot of work into it. Thank you. <laughs> did you see the line for the Colts game? It's the biggest in the. Uh, it's the biggest this weekend.
4: It was at eleven. Uh, Is it at eleven?
3: I'm seeing ten and a half right oh, now. Oh, it's
4: gone down. Plus 10 and a half. which means Colts money has come in. It's gone from eleven to ten and a half.
3: But still, the the biggest line this week for sure.
4: Well, let's think about this. You've got the Dallas Cowboys, who have probably the premier pass rusher in all of. The NFL and Micah Parsons. This dude oh is a boy. quarterback wrecking machine, and aye, aye, aye. you've got the Colts offensive line, which <laughs> last time I checked was a turnstile. And James, <laughs> our producer, what were you telling me about the uh, the Colts line before? We came on the air here. They're already going to be down a little bit. Yeah, so Kenny Moore is out, and Braden Smith is out. To, uh, so Braden tomorrow. Smith is out. Offensive lineman. And the line's already bad. So now Micah Parsons and company, they're going to have just free run on Matt Ryan back there. Uh,
3: and the Pacers tonight, they're uh, four and a half point dogs uh, on their West Coast trip against the Utah Jazz. Utah, do you, Utah's you
4: good. That? Yeah. They're a little bit of a rebuilding process. They traded away some of their key guys, but they're still pretty good. But man, this is the longest Pacers road trip they've had in over 30 years. It's a seven game Western roadie. So they won't be back home again until after Wednesday of the upcoming week. Wow. So the other game everybody's uh,
3: checking out is the Browns on the road at uh, at Houston, Houston Texans. And Why is that significant?
4: Because this is the first game for Deshaun Watson to come back. He's the Cleveland Browns quarterback, who used to be the Houston Texans quarterback. He got into a little trouble down in Houston. He was allegedly doing inappropriate things to a bunch of masseuse. Yeah. And Messiah. over 20 women filed um, or said that he had done inappropriate things to them, whether it was expose himself, touch them inappropriately. No criminal charges have ever been filed against Deshaun Watson, but he's got 20 plus accusers and the NFL suspended him magically to come back in time to play against his old team.
3: (laughs) And I think there was a large monetary settlement for Deshaun and all the the massage therapists. Yeah, there was I I don't know the number.
4: There's a number of them. I think they got paid, but were you telling me that some of these women are going to be in attendance? Ten of them. Ten of his accusers have bought tickets, and they're going to be going to the game. Uh, you know, and protesting and making a big scene because uh, the game, I believe, is in Houston. And Deshaun it Watson is, yeah. going down to Houston. Ten of his accusers are going to be there, making a big deal of it.
3: Whoa! D- Trump did this to Hillary and Bill at that debate. The first presidential
4: debate, yeah,
3: right. He he lined
4: up a bunch of
3: uh, Bill Clinton's accusers in the front row there at that debate. Right, hilarious. It's so awkward because Bill was there and Chelsea, their daughter, was there, and Hillary uh, up on the you know the dais with with um, or, or, or uh, up at the you know the two podiums, the dual podiums. There, it was very awkward right. to watch. I loved it, every minute of
4: it. Like it, they were right through the front row too. It wasn't like they were in the yeah. back where you yeah. couldn't see them. It was a whole <laughs> row of Bill side pieces, all just sitting right there. <laughs> And that's kind of the feeling that it's going to be like in Houston this week when Deshaun Watson comes back. And don't tell me that the NFL didn't do this on purpose. They're going to have his suspension end right before he has to go back to Houston and play. Come on. They did that on purpose. The NFL knows what they're doing. All right. Do not go anywhere. We've got the coach Dan Dockage. We've got Abdul coming up and uh, a lot more. Beer Sample Friday, on the way, it's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock
3: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is right over there. Did you see Apple CEO Tim Cook taking a little heat after he was refusing to answer questions? He was uh, was testifying before Congress, some hearing or something like that, right? And he's walking around the hallways afterwards and... What, he he was absolutely
4: refusing to answer some questions from the Fox Business reporter. Fair questions about whether or not um, he wants to help the Chinese government and whether or not his company Apple has been, you know, allegedly assisting the Chinese government by. Yeah, they got rid of the Apple Air the
3: AirDrop function. Right. So the the people protesting the COVID lockdowns couldn't communicate,
4: right? Right. Hampering the protesters. Yes. Peaceful protesters, mind you, uh, of what's going on in China. And this is what that sounded like. Do you support
0: the Chinese people's right to protest? Do you regret restricting airdrop access that protesters used to evade surveillance from the Chinese government? I think it's problematic to do business with the communist Chinese party when they suppress human rights.
3: So I didn't hear anything from him.
4: I just no. heard the footsteps and crickets. I was told <laughs> silence is complicit, right? Like oh, During yeah. the summer si- of love. Silence is violence. Silence yeah. is violent. If you're silent, you are complicit. Well, here's Tim Cook, Apple CEO, basically in bed with China's extreme oppressive government hampering the right to peaceful protest. You know what? I think I'd have a little more... Respect for Tim Cook if he just would have stopped,
3: looked at her, and said, Yeah, they're giving us a good deal on warehouse space. (laughs) The new iPhone goes on sale
4: pretty soon. Gives her a little finger gun.
3: Here's the thing where you and I, and everybody else that has an iPhone, and probably that reporter sometimes you got do you ever look at yourself and say wait a minute you know i look i understand these things are incredibly important to our jobs they help us communicate with our families they take pictures they keep track of stuff but at the same time i'm not okay with oppressive human rights violations and i don't mind saying that but i still use the product and and i have a tough time with that sometimes
4: right and i mean we've had this discussion before like when a lot of people were taking the knee. Like, are you still going to watch the NFL? Are you still going to watch the NBA? A lot NBA? of people stopped. A lot of people did stop. Um, I think you can separate the art from the politics. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, it's awful tough because China is so awful. Dude, and, and what are our other options?
3: Like, we have no other options when it comes to cell phones and things like that. I feel like it's it's made in China or you don't do anything you're you're
4: talking on a oh the rotary ro- phone ro- ro- rotary phone. <laughs> it's either an iPhone or a rotary phone for you yeah you know? man the price we pay for having the generation of technology or whatever you know these kids view it as today is a lot of that stuff was made in china
3: Yeah, but it, it's like they were toying with uh, there were rumors that that maybe uh some companies working in china were thinking about moving their their operations elsewhere because of the harsh covid lockdowns so and because of the human rights violations and like is The United States on that list anywhere? I mean, I'm sure India's on the list and Mexico, but can the United States maybe get some help here?
4: No, I don't with their cheap labor over there, slave labor? Right. Are you kidding me? And over here, you've got such a discrepancy in the workforce. We talked about the job numbers earlier. It's great that there are more jobs available now, but now you have to get people into the workforce. People aren't going to work because the money in the United States yes. isn't enough. So why would somebody that's got a business in China or India or Mexico come to the United States? Because if people aren't working for 20 20 plus dollars an hour here, what the hell are they going to do in other countries?
3: Uh, are you going to get up? Are you setting your alarm for the World Cup? USA Netherlands tomorrow. Actually, I don't think they. I don't think it starts until 10 a.m.
4: So I'll be down 10. at Wish TV getting ready for the college okay. football betting show. Uh, but uh, Scott Long, my co-host, he's like a soccer betting aficionado. No kidding. He has won a couple parlays on this kind of stuff. So I'll defer to him on the All Indiana Bets show tomorrow. But Dan Dockich, when I jumped on with him earlier, said there's a flu outbreak going on with the netherlands team right now those crazy dutch you know what's all coughing in each other's face Uh, did they not get the flu vaccine i got the flu vaccine and did you have you got any yet? No, oh, great, but I got sick, so I feel like I've got the natural <laughs> immunity of this thing at this point. Uh, go USA though, yeah, absolutely. Uh, nothing Dutch in my life over the next 24 hours, no Dutch cookies, no Dutch ovens at home, none of that kind of stuff. It's a Dutch free zone for 24 hours. Um, there was a report that came out that said. Due to the revenue sharing that's taking place right now with the uh, men's and women's national soccer teams, the women's soccer team, the women, are going to make more money off of the men winning their games than they would have had they just won a game by themselves. Oh, boy. And you know what? Here's something I never thought we would say on this program. What's that? Don Lemon... Voice of reason. I would make I think,
2: the exact opposite argument. I know everyone's going to hate me. Go ahead. But the men's team makes more money. Hey, if they make more money, oh, then they should get that. more Here's money. Why, the, the,
4: men's team, team, the men's team makes more money because, you of know men, why? because people are more interested. But in he, men. guess
0: who takes blank, part of blame? I have a big issue with this, guys. WNBA, same thing's happening to them. until media Hold on, hold on, hold on. huh? Until big media companies, big tech companies, advertisers invest and put them on their airwaves more don't and allow people you don't, no, 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 no. And allow people to see it more and gain more fans, then you will push toward more equality. <laughs> but if they are blocked in so many ways and not invested in as you much, guys are, are they not don't sexist. even have a they I know you're not, but they up don't up even the have
7: a shot. the only boy in a, in a family of all women. I understand what you're saying. But not everybody, honestly, has the same skill. Not everybody has the same interest. So,
3: so is she saying, is Don Lemon's co-host saying that it's Big Tech's fault that women aren't? women's sports aren't more
4: popular? And if women's sports were on television the same amount of time as <laughs> men's sports were, okay. then everything would be equal. Okay. The interest level of this country would be the same. So, you'd have the options. Let's say that somebody starts a WNBA movement, and those games are on TV every single night for a week. According to Don Lemon's co-host, we would Oh. Be fine watching that compared okay. to watching LeBron James take off from the free throw line and dunk. <laughs> that
3: that doesn't make sense. No, not at no. all. No. Uh, real quick uh, before we uh, get a break here, Pepsi. Did you see this campaign, this commercial? They're trying to they're mixing Pepsi
4: and milk together for something called Pilk. Didn't they do that on Laverne and Shirley? I, did they? I don't know. I think I've, Laverne I've used to mix Pepsi and milk. That's so gross. Well, so was Laverne. <laughs> That's sorry, a cheap, that's a cheap shot. Oh. That's a cheap shot. I'm sorry.
3: Uh, th- this is uh, here's a quick uh, Pepsi advertisement. Maybe they can feature this on a WNBA uh, game or something. Um, this is featuring Lindsay Lohan promoting the bizarre drink combo Pepsi and milk.
0: Nice. Ooh, naughty. Pepsi and milk. Milk. Mm, that is one dirty soda.
4: That sounds horrible. It's it's very
3: there's a lot of innuendos going on in that commercial as well. Naughty, dirty.
4: I'm Lindsay Lohan. I'm a skink. Lindsay Lohan looks like she's always sticky. (laughs) Like if you found Lindsay Lohan and you just touched her, she'd be sticky. A man that's always sticky and has a look at the roads is our very own Matt Bear.
3: My name is Nigel. Hammers here. Abdul akim Shabazz from indiepolitics.org and longtime host here on 93 WIBC as well as an attorney at law and possible indie mayoral candidate <laughs> joining us uh, live in studio. So, Any update
7: on that, my friend? Yeah, what do you got,
3: man? Let's, uh, let's start there.
7: Still going through the numbers. Had to put things on hold for a little bit. I picked up a new responsibility uh, this week and also got my wife's 50th birthday coming up, so I got to plan all that. Oh, so. uh,
3: well, and, and then uh, uh, I don't know if we talked about this or not. Another guy put in his, hat, uh, his name in the hat for. For a Republican,
7: right, uh, Reverend Pastor James Jackson, pastor. he he runs uh, fervent prayer church, or like, let's see, like near 30th and Midhofer, uh got in the race. Uh, that means so there's at least one Republican. You got Joe Hogsett on the Democratic side. You got State Representative Robin Shackelford on the Democratic side, and you have uh, community activist Greg Meri- Greg Merryweather. And so, because
3: oh. that the the pastor put his name in for the Republican side, does that give you pause at all of,
7: as to what you're going to do, or does that change your strategy at all? Uh, you, you take into consideration. I mean it's a it's one thing to run in a race unopposed, one thing to have a, a, a primary challenger. So but but I do think it's interesting that uh out of the current the 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 four mayoral candidates, only one's a white guy.
3: Hmm. <laughs> Okay. I I, my, I see no, my eyes see no color, so, Abdul. <laughs> and listen, I, if you decide
4: to get in this thing <laughs> and you need somebody that's not afraid to write a negative campaign ad, hit piece against a pastor, I'm your guy. <laughs>
5: I'll be your guy. I'm your Huckleberry. All right, Abdul. There's a place in hell for people like that too. I just want to let you <laughs> know.
4: <laughs> As Chet would say in Weird Science, I'm even considering making some bleep up. <laughs>
7: I love the little guy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we've got Mike Braun filing the paperwork to run for governor, and this sits off, uh, knocks over a lot of dominoes here.
7: Either, Let, either dominoes, or as I discussed with my good friend Andy Downs on the weekend show, political jenga.
4: Yes, one hundred percent. So let's start with just the. An, not really announcement, but paperwork filed for Mike Braun to run for the governor's race. This is probably the worst kept secret in Indiana, right?
7: Oh uh, yeah, we reported on this back in like September uh, that Mike Braun was making phone calls. The county chairman saying he was going to uh, run for governor. Probably file paperwork after the election, which, uh, ironically enough, he did. Uh, because Mike Braun has never been happy in the Senate. Because Mike Braun has always been more more of a executive branch kind of guy. Because he's you know he's got his companies down in Jasper, so. Being one of 100 people who think they could be president someday, probably probably just not as much fun as he, as he thought it would be. So- and he
4: told us when he came in studio, it's hard for one person to make a difference in that swamp. And he feels like one person could make a difference in the governor's seat.
7: Yes, but the one thing to keep in mind is that the governor is the most powerful person in the state of Indiana when the legislature is not here. So just going to keep that in mind. So
4: with him
7: basically giving up his Senate seat, that
4: opens up the Senate seat. It, it opens up a whole bunch does, of stuff. Does
3: Holcomb automatically <laughs> think he's I mean, I don't
7: know you can't read the guy's mind, but does uh, Eric Holcomb think he's got that seat locked in already? Uh, I don't think so, uh, because obviously, if the governor were to run, he had to run in a primary. Uh, you have some issues with some of the primary voters, because some some don't think he's conservative enough. But at the same time, however, and I kind of talked about this with Rob earlier this week, uh, the governor walks in with about 40, 45% of the vote. Now, people say, "Well, your governor should have like ninety percent." Well, remember, in a primary, you don't need, you don't need a majority to win; you just need a plurality. And so, the more people who would get in the Senate race, say Jim Bang, say Victoria Sparks, say anybody else, the governor sort of has a, a forty forty five you know floor ceiling. But the more people get in. The 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 more he stays in that that number that forty forty five spot.
4: You know those are some big names that you mentioned, uh, Victoria Spartz and Jim Banks. I think personally, just my opinion, handicapping these things, those two would have the advantage over Governor Holcomb. I think Banks would be the number one seed in that, followed by Spartz, followed by Holcomb.
7: Well, yes, but at the same time, though, you got to remember, it's one thing if it's just one one-on-one. That's a whole, that's a whole different di- different dynamic. But if it's more than one, then you have Banks and Sparks who would split the more conservative vote, then you have Hulkenwood who would keep the more moderate vote.
3: How much? Uh, how much? Sorry, Hammer. I, and I know we talked about how much it costs to run a mayoral campaign. Like I think you said, three million dollars. Yeah. Right. Like how much is it going to cost Mike Braun? Probably out of his own pocket. He's he's got he's sitting on boatloads of money. How much does it run? Uh, how much does it take to to run for governor? To campaign?
7: To advertise? All that stuff. I would the same say money? probably about uh, ten million at Whoa. the least. it's Hello. a lot of cash to yeah. be
4: one of the most one hundred powerful people in United States politics. Go back to Holcomb though. If he indeed decides, you know what? I think I'm going to run for the Senate. Are we going to see Jim Banks and Victoria Spartz and possibly Trey Hollingsworth? I don't know. Whoever wants to run, are they going to beat him up over his handling
1: of COVID?
7: Well, they they could, but at the but at the same time, and once again, I brought this up on the show with Rob. You can you can try to beat him up on COVID, but the governor can respond like, "Hey, you know what? We got through it, and the people had a vote. They voted in in 2020. Yeah. They reelected me by overwhelming margin. So." I don't know what you want to talk about, but that COVID COVID is the past. We're talking about we're talking about Indiana's future. How's that for nonstick? <laughs>
4: there you go. All right. So, what about the uh, the house seats then? If Victoria Spartz decides that she wants to run for the Senate, um, this could open up a house seat here. Are there any names that were you know? looking at for possible house runs
7: well, let's put it like this anybody who lives in the fifth district who's not running take a step forward because <laughs> that's that's what it's going to start to look like if victoria Sparks runs for the u.s runs for the u.s senate and jim banks runs uh for the senate then you have the fifth congressional district is an open seat and also the third congressional district becomes an open seat and anybody who's a state rep or state senator or county commissioner or county council member or or mayor or or council candidate We'll all we'll start thinking about hey I can do this. We'll throw their hats into the ring. So I want to say, when the, in the last race with Victoria, with that Victoria Sparks actually won back in twenty uh, twenty and some change when she was, when, when, when it was an open, there were like fifteen people on on the ballot. You had Beth Henderson, uh, who's a businesswoman, Micah Clark, might not Micah Clark, but uh, Micah Beckwith, who's a pastor, who's on our radio station every once in a while. Then a whole bunch of other people deciding to run.
3: How about, okay, we've been talking a lot. I've been hearing Republican names. Is it a given that a Republican will win any of these seats that we're talking about in 2024, including uh, the governor?
7: Um, I would say the odds favor Republicans. Indiana is a more Republican state, but you, know, you can't, uh, a day in politics is a lifetime, and 2024 is a law. It's a lot of days, a lot of lifetimes. It's like at least 700, almost 800 days. From now, so anything can happen between now and then. I I do think the odds tend to favor the the generic Republican candidate over the generic Democratic candidate, but like I said, anything can happen.
4: McCormick is the name we keep hearing that could be the Democratic front runner to run for governor. She would try to get the teachers unions on board and use that in the campaign. Is there any other names that we're hearing
7: Uh, for for Democrat uh, for governor? Not right now. Uh, I think Democrats are still kind of smarting over the twenty twenty. Midterm impact uh, here in Indiana, so they got they got some soul searching that they have to do. Who was that dude that just got dusted by Todd Young, McDermott? Yeah, Tom McDermott, uh, mayor of Hammond, and I think Tom's going to run again for 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 mayoral re-election. So I, I, don't, I think Tom's basically done with with running for statewide. Oh, interesting. State statewide okay. politics. However, I do think with McCormick, uh, she's already formed an exploratory committee, so she's. Look, looking at running, she's got a, got a our personal campaign committee together, like I said, run on uh, workforce development, education. Um, I don't think the teacher, I think she's going more for the teachers as opposed to the teachers' unions because teachers' unions in Indiana aren't what they used to be no. with, with, with money-wise and resources and the whole nine yards, but you still have a lot of teachers out there. I think that's, that's going to be McCormick's base.
4: And what, just based off your experience, is a
7: timeline
4: of when we can start getting more pieces to this puzzle announcing?
7: After November of next year.
4: Oh, so we got to wait a long time.
7: Yeah, because we got to remember. Because uh, still got municipal elections, you know, starting like now. Uh, so you got to get through all that. Who and then, wins in
3: Zinesville? Uh, uh, John Stair, former Channel 13 anchor, or Mayor Emily next year?
7: Uh, my source told me Mayor Emily isn't running again. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. Yeah. So, so she's one basically one, one and done. And the other thing too to remember about uh, Mayor Emily is. She didn't win because she was a Democrat. She won because everybody else hated the old mayor. <laughs> because of the Zionsville Town yeah. Council, now you, can, you know this as well as anybody, stayed, stayed heavily Republican.
4: And now it's come full circle and a lot of people hate her, the <laughs> effing mayor of Zionsville.
7: <laughs> Which is something to think about. Sometimes being mayor can be a very thankless job. Life comes at you fast.
4: Abdul, my man, thank you. Hey,
7: always good to be here, gentlemen.
4: Uh, we got the coach, Dan Dockage, coming up next. Right now, let's take a look at the news.
3: My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. The coach, Dan Dock 107.5. The fan and Outkick joining us live in studio. All right, where do we want to start? We want to start with the good, the bad, the ugly. I barely even remember that. The only thing I remember about that Colts-Steelers Monday night game a few days ago is being miserable. Uh, what, <laughs> what, your there was overall,
4: nothing about that that was fun it, to watch. It was not nothing.
8: fun. Is there a major difference in this team that you could tell besides a head uh, no. coach at all? No, 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 no. It's the same team can't score 20 points. I mean, let's be honest can't score 20 points. If you can't score 20 points, you can't win. It's the same. I thought, I, I'm curious what you guys think. I thought it was kind of a bottoming out. I know against the Patriots. We felt like it was a bottoming out, but Nigel Hammer, I felt like the crowd was like, this is ridiculous. It was one of those deals where you're like, yeah, this ain't any good. I don't know. It felt that way to me. Did it feel that way to you?
4: National stage, Monday night football, first home primetime game in like, what, five years it feels like? Probably longer than that. And you have negative yards in the first quarter. You don't complete
8: a pass until the (laughs) second quarter. Seven minutes to go, and it's the second time they've done that. You know, and and then all of a sudden, the guy takes the ball out from the end zone, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he returns it, and now you got hope. And then, you know, here's my deal. And Saturday admitted this, thank goodness. Like, I thought people that reacted to the no timeout about the time got it wrong. Like, I was yelling, your team is not... Is disheveled. You you weren't organized, and this is where Saturday's inexperience as a coach. And I was glad to see him admit that. I guess I don't know, but while people were talking about, well, you got to call timeout to save the time. My thing was, no, you have downs. You have two downs. You've got to call timeout because your team look rushed, right? And that's experience in coaching. Like I always say to people, look, unless you fed your family doing this, it's really difficult because. Saturday said after the game, I he says I too much. I thought we had a good play. I thought we were marching off here. I, 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 I. Well, that's great that you felt that way, but when you coach, it's not about how you feel. It's about what the team looks like, and they look disheveled. The two plays look didn't the two plays go like well, it's over now. What the hell? Right. You know they rushed the two plays. Yeah, running up and, and the, the plays were what and was you important. Two timeouts. Left. Yes, the plays. <laughs> it wasn't the. It wasn't the time. You had timeouts and time. It was the. You if you don't get a first down, the game's over. So you got to calm down or get, get us in the right play and let's
4: go. And the thing that really just grinds my gears the most is the way that that game went down against the team that they lost to, meant Bill Cower was somewhere oh, me too. rubbing his chest oh, and just oh,
8: laughing. Me too. I, that's the first thing I thought. All the freaking Bill Cowers of the world. I look, I'm in on Saturday when he, I I I've said this. I when Jeff Saturday said Matt Ryan was the head coach or the quarterback, I'm like that's great. He, yeah. he's not giving us this nonsense about Ellinger. But you know what? Um, I don't know. They're not a different team. They're the same team. And They're you know, a bad team right now. And, and here's the deal. Yesterday I saw this. I don't know who tweeted this out, but Saturday had to stop – Uh, The walkthrough and kind of get on the guys about he wasn't satisfied. You know what that tells me? We're getting a little lack of buy-in now. Now we're getting a little bit of like, hey, look, you can tell us you're a leader of men and all that kind of crap. But uh, when I saw that yesterday, I had two different people in the NFL go, see, told you lack of buy-in coming. NFL players are smart, man. They know what's going on. They they, they know that this guy doesn't have any experience and, and he can talk and he, he can talk about his leadership, leader of men, Peyton's hands are under my butt, all that fan you know, it's great. But NFL players, man, they can get to the NFL by being dumb. They're very, very smart. Purdue got a chance against Michigan on Saturday night, huh? coach. I think there's a lot of noise around Michigan. You know, they got the one player that just had to go in front of a judge. He's facing gun charges. He's a stud lineman. Blake Quorum is out. You know, and again, football players are smart. They know that Hardball is flirting here. You know, there's all these different rumors. Oh, he was at Saint Elmo's. Oh, he was at breakfast. Oh, they flew him in. I don't know any of that. I don't know. But as a player, I'm just telling you. You know, yes, I'm going to take Purdue in the 17. I'm going to take Purdue to cover, but. I'm I just because I think there's so much noise around Michigan. If Michigan plays the way they get did against Ohio State, it's 41 to five. Is there a chance of a letdown for Michigan here? I know it's hard to say letdown
4: in the Big Ten Championship, but you basically just had your Super Bowl against Ohio State. You went into the shoe, you gave them the finger, and you walked out the door. (laughs) And now can you get that hyped up for a game against Purdue? I,
8: I, I think you can. I want to say you can because you're Michigan, you're supposed to. But human nature is a mother right here. I mean, let's be honest, human nature's tough and human nature says, I don't know, man. And then again, I, I I you know, maybe this is just the coach in me, but I always think, you know, it's hard enough to win against good teams when everything's right. And when you get okay, our stud running backs out, does that hurt you? now? because that Donovan kid played great. Okay, fine for one game. This, the, our stud lineman is arrested. He's, he's arraigned. People are asking questions. Why has he been 54 days? Why has he been playing? Oh, okay, fine. And then the hardball thing, you know, people may not think that's a big deal. Certainly here, here in Indianapolis, people are saying, hey, look, get Jim Harbaugh here. And I get all that, mm. but I'm putting myself in a player at Michigan's position. There's a lot that isn't on the same track right now. Now, does that mean they're going to win? I'm not taking Purdue to win, but I am taking the 17. I don't want to root against Purdue, and I don't want to root against Aiden O'Connell but I'm
4: taking Michigan first half minus eight and a half. That's...
3: I knew there was a butt coming Yeah, right well, there. of course. And
8: everything he said before it didn't even matter, right? When like that big old oh, butt I don't want to seem around. like I'm being rude, but... Well, why do you have to preface it with, I don't think I'm being rude, Aiden? Aiden O'Connell hadn't done anything to get your... No, but like with his family n- situation. Uh, okay, but like, I'm just saying... I, just I say feel it... bad
4: for the kid. Okay, I do I don't want to root for him to throw picks because gotcha. he's got enough going on. Okay. If you're rooting, if you're betting Michigan, you're going to need him to play like crap.
3: I've got a... got uh, a Purdue super fan that I know, my man Sid over at Exercise Inc. He's such a Purdue fan. He's like, I'm bet I found a prop bet. I bet Purdue to win the Rose Bowl and Purdue basketball to win the NCAA tournament.
8: Okay. And that's a crazy passion. Yeah, I, look, right I got one for, for me to grow hair on my backside <laughs> and my head. I mean, you know, I mean, that's just hey, Exercise Inc.'s a great place, man. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah man. Love that spot. We got some good hoopage happening oh, yes. here in Central yeah. Indy when it comes to
4: the college game. Is what IU a great basketball back?
8: Yeah, I basketball ain't going nowhere, man. IU basketball is legit. And look, there are some games as a coach, and this is, Hubert Davis will never admit this, but there are just some games as a coach, when you go into a visiting place, you just ain't winning. I thought it was the easiest money ever. It was five. I said they'd win by 10. They won by 12. Indiana is old. I mean, when you look at that roster, everybody wants to talk about the Shafino kid, and that's great. He is a freshman, but I gotta tell you, he's playing with a six-year senior in Xavier Johnson. He's playing with a guy that's played every game for four years uh, in Jackson Davis, a six-year senior in Race Thompson, a fifth-year senior in Cooper Cup or whatever the hell his name is, a third-year senior or third-year junior uh, in, in Galloway. I mean, you're talking about an old team that, and this is where I started liking uh, Indiana. Mommies and daddies of Indianapolis basketball players get mad at me. Like Yogi Ferrell's mama used to get really mad at I me. remember cause, that. Because I was like, yeah. well, you know, he's all about himself. Uh, Jackson Davis's little brother, and uh, they're all mad. Okay. Well, all I preached was be about Indiana, not about you. And when Jackson Davis this summer called out last year's team about smoking weed, we're not doing that this year, I fell in love with you. I said, okay, now he is grown up. It's hard to go to Indiana and be about the team because you're trying to survive. You're trying to maybe get to the NBA as and a now And now the money done. is there, too. Right. So Jackson Davis, when he did that, I, I'm all in on him. I think he is great. He's a leader. Indiana hasn't had it. And here's the other thing, and I have preached this, and I have been vilified. But There's 36 blogger boys at Indiana basketball, all right? And then, of course, we got the clowns with the star. I've been vilified for simply saying this. I don't want to hear about anything relative to Indiana except for winning. Bob Knight apparently met with the team and said, look, you don't come to Indiana to play these games. You come to Indiana to win these games. And that's what I have preached. And it was so good to hear. I felt like, God, finally, finally, <laughs> Woody and, and Knight saying it, players, finally, they're understanding what I've been screaming about. Don't tell me this is the greatest hire ever when it's Crane or Arch. No, I don't care. You come to Indiana, you put your personal crap aside to win games like that and i feel this team is 30
4: seconds left that's all we got left here Tickets are going for well over three hundred bucks now for that first Purdue in Indiana game. I love this. Yeah. This is what it's supposed to be like all the time. Thousand isn't percent.
8: It? Thousand percent. Purdue has the best resume in the country. Indiana, in my opinion, is the best team. Who knows what's gonna happen when they meet up? But this is exactly what it's supposed to be. This is exactly how this state is going. And last thing before I go, congratulations. Indiana State beat Drake. Notre Dame beat the living you yeah. know what? out of freaking um Michigan State and and, uh, Thad Mata, who was on my show earlier today, got a nice win against Kansas State. Basketball in the state in college is fantastic this winter. Coach, you're the best. coach. Beer sample Friday next.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for
5: you.
2: Right now! Hammer and Nigel present! Oh, 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 oh. Beer! Sample!
5: Fry. Yeah.
2: I got
4: some beers. Strike them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some.
3: Oh, yeah, and we're brought to you by our friends at Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus. Thank you for sponsoring us here sometimes we have brewers bring in their beers we try and live on the air sometimes we bring our own beers it just kind of look interesting hammer and just a real quick side note before we get to tasting here uh it is bartender appreciation day
4: Oh, is it? Yes.
3: So uh, tip
4: your bartender yes. well.
3: Favorite bartenders include Adam Eisenberg and Tom Sutton over at Coach's Tavern. Great, Absolutely, great bartenders. My my longtime friend Joy over at Boathouse there at Fifty Six and High School Road. I know I'm probably leaving some out, but those are our buddy Rob, uh, yeah, who Rob. was
4: you know working at the Ugly Monkey back That's in the right. day, and we go way back with
3: Rob, and now he's. Uh, Didn't he just come on with you guys on the Wish TV? Uh, Yeah,
4: so he's uh, at the Whistle Stop now, and they've got food late, which, believe it or not, it's hard to find (laughs) food late now if you're just in a hurry, and it's real good food, too.
3: So, uh, back to the beer tasting. I'll give this over to you here, sir. Okay.
4: Survey says Death by Coconut. <laughs> it's a very positive message. Death by Coconut by Oscar Blues Brewery. Yeah, Oscar okay. Blues uh, that's uh, Oscar Blues. Is, is it out Oscar Co- or
3: Oscar? I, I don't know, but it's out in Colorado and they also make didn't we have Dale's Pale Ale last week? Didn't we, we did in? Yeah. That's the same brewery that makes this. I just that just hit me. So okay, they got a lot of good beer, they got a little good hazies, but I've never tried this. Oh. Well, you're about to. So Here just we go. Read read what it says there on the bottom of the can.
4: Hold on. Can I pour the alcohol, please, here real no, quick? Just just, just uh, read and chug. Uh, this is, whoa, baby, <laughs> 6.5% alcohol by volume yeah. in this 12-ounce can. So look at this thing. You pour it out, it looks like molasses. Wow. I think that's, that's
3: kind of what it's supposed to be. It's like an Irish porter coconut and chocolate cheers
4: cheers my Another friend here we go
3: show. oh
4: yeah. man that's that delicious. is good. Now, I mean, if you drink this in a hurry, you may be in trouble. <laughs> I don't think, again, this is one of those beers where it's it's awesome
3: to drink in the winter. It's got coconut and chocolate, and it's, it's a again, an Irish-style porter,
4: but it's like only, I couldn't drink a six-pack of one of these. Right. Did you? This is kind of it's, like it's... if you're a raging alcoholic and you want an <laughs> Almond Joy. Oh, man, that is good stuff right there. It is there. really good, though. But you're right. This isn't the, I just cut the grass kind of no. beer. This no. is the, it's 20 degrees outside, the wind is howling, and I want something that smells <laughs> like candy. Coming
3: up after 6 o'clock, more of the Hammer and Nigel Show, an update on the Delphi investigation. A judge has issued a gag order, and we'll have everything you need to know coming up in just a few minutes. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.